Uh, my name is Brandon. I'm a deacon here. I get the honor of bringing the Word of God today. So we are going to pray because obviously I need it. Um, so let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, uh, for this day. As cold as it is, we thank you for everybody coming out here, Lord, to, to just partake in what you have for us today. May your Holy Spirit just guide our hearts, our conversation, and the words, Lord. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so as I was prepping for this day, God laid on my heart our church, this church, big church, all of it. So I want you guys, there's no stuff on the, on the seats. Please use them today because I don't have any of that stuff. I couldn't even turn the mic on. So, let's go to Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Now, this is, this is talking about the church and what they were doing. So, verse 42, it says, They were continually and faithfully devoting themselves to the instruction of the apostles, to the fellowship to eating meals together, and to praying, okay? God's design for the church. They devoted themselves to the word of God, the true word of God, unwavering, not changing anything to make it fit their needs, okay? True word of God. To fellowship together, to get into small community and get to know each other and still have God as the center of that which is awesome and huge in our own lives for our daily living. They broke bread together. Who doesn't like to eat? You know? And probably one of the more important aspects to prayer, they prayed together. They fellowshiped together. They prayed together. They shared each other's burdens. So I share that, and it'll, it'll make sense later on. I share that to say I had the opportunity to go to a men's conference yesterday. Men, it was a great time. They had good food. They had beef jerky. <laughs> we ever been to a conference with beef jerky? They played, they played Fruit Ninja for real. <laughs> Sign up for next year. It was a good time. So I was, pre- I was prepping for this, and, you know, God laid it on my heart. And the first guy to speak at this, and I didn't tell anybody that I went with what I was preaching about today. And I don't do that, and I do it on purpose. Because, one, I love to see what God does. And he always surprises me. He always relates it somehow. So, I get there, I sit down, have my coffee, whatever. The guy opens up with the exact, the exact same scripture I'm preaching on today. God is amazing. Now, he delivered it far better than I will today. No worries. Okay? So, that being said, I want you guys to turn to Galatians 5. Okay, and we're going to start in verse 16. First, before I read it, what excited me was about that, about that whole, whole God-ordained thing was the fact that he was speaking to men about this very topic. 
wasn't just this church that you guys were going to hear today, but all those men that came from different churches, they heard that. So here's what he said. Galatians 5, verse 16. But I say, walk habitually in the Holy Spirit. Seek him and be responsive to his guidance. And then you will certainly not carry out the desires of the sinful nature, which responds impulsively without regard for God and his precepts. But I say, walk in the Spirit. I read a book called Forgotten God by Francis Chan. We'll reference that. Has anybody read that? It is an amazing book. It's not very thick. You're not in like L. Ron Hubbard type books. Very good read, and it really emphasized the importance of the Holy Spirit in everyday life. So, that's what, that's what encouraged me about that. So, verse 17, it says, and I'm going to read it all, so bear with me, but there's a reason I'm, I'm doing it. Verse 17, for the sinful nature has its desires, which is opposed to the Spirit, and the desire of the Spirit opposes the sinful nature. Now, I'm, heard, I'm sure you've heard a preacher say the, there's a war between flesh and the spirit. It's true every single day. Absolutely true. So they oppose each other. It says, for these two, the, sin, the sinful nature and the spirit are in direct opposition to each other, continually in conflict. They cannot coincide in any way, shape, or form. Uh, it says, so that you as believers do not always do whatever good things you want to do. But if you are guided and led by the Spirit, you are not subject to the law. There's a lot there. There's still more to come. One of the important things I want to stress here, being guided and led by the Holy Spirit. It is, it is just absolutely encouraging to be led by the Spirit because you get to see what He does. And it's uncomfortable because he asks you to do stuff you don't want to do. We just read that. When you deny the flesh, the spirit gets to, gets to lead how he wants you to. So, all right, now we're going to get into the good stuff. Now, the practices of sinful nature are clearly evident. They are sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, total irresponsibility, lack of self-control. I find that with chocolate. Lack of self-control. Idolatry, sorcery, hostility, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions that promote heresies, envy, drunkenness, riotous behavior, and other things like these. I warn you beforehand, just as I did previously, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Will not inherit the kingdom of God. But... The fruit of the Spirit, the result of His presence within us. Does anybody know these? How many are there? Nine of them? There are. Nine of them. I'm going to read them. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Nine of them. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature together with its passions and appetites. 
Verse 25, if we claim to live by the Holy Spirit, we must also walk by the Spirit with personal integrity, godly character, moral courage, our, con- our conduct that is empowered by the Holy Spirit. We must not become conceited, challenging, or provoking one another, envying one another. Exactly what he, what he talked about yesterday. It was amazing. And I'm like, all right, I get to do it today. So I read all that because I, I want to I wanna share a story from this, this book, Forgotten God. Okay, so he shares the story of a pastor. He had a gang member come in, didn't say which gang it was, but he left the gang and he came to the church. Started getting involved. Pastor's like, praise God, this is awesome. Pretty soon he, he realizes he doesn't see the gang member anymore or the ex-gang member anymore. He's like, what's going on? So he goes to him. He says, what happened? I don't see you around anymore. The gang member looked him square in the eye and said, I had the wrong idea of what church was. He says, you see, in a gang, we're family. We got each other's back. We don't just meet once a week and see how everybody's doing. We are there daily. Acts 2, that's God's design for the church. That we are in each other's lives. Purposefully. Not to find the dirt, but to be there for each other, to pray with each other, to eat their food. We're there. A buddy of mine told me once, he says, I know I'm welcome in your house when I can go through your cupboards. Go through, go through them. There ain't nothing good there. <laughs> but it's true. He said, I can open your fridge. I know where your glasses are, where your silverware is. That's how you know. Not that you're not serving them, but that you're comfortable enough to say, here you are. What's, what's that Spanish phrase? Mi, mi casa. There you go. I, I even married a Mexican. <laughs> that hit that pastor like a ton of bricks when he heard that ex-gang member say that. That his church was not as close as a gang. God's design for the church is that we are close, that that nobody that sits in these seats has a need. You need food, you need clothes, whatever. We're all here to help. And the, the early church, the description of it was they said they sold all their properties and stuff and nobody had a want or a need. It was all taken care of. God's design for the church. Now, I I say all that because when we are led by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the power that God has given us to push through daily life. And we're going to get to some scriptures, and I'm I'm not going to read them all because we'll be here until midnight. But I do want you to take notes on them and read them for yourselves because these will be very good for you later on. It is the intention of God in our own lives that we do everything we can to, to live in the fruits of the Spirit, all nine of them. It is one of those, don't eat the whole elephant at once. It takes time. Excuse me. It takes time to love people. Amen? It takes time to find joy in situations that are unjoyful. It really is. Peace. How do you find peace? Holy Spirit brings it to you. Patience. 
If you have kids, you know. <laughs> it wears on you. But the, the encouraging thing is, it's possible. It is possible to do these nine things. It's possible to have them growing in you and you, uh, you exampling them for the world and the, the communities that you're surrounded in and that you're living in and working in. Um, so, what does the Holy Spirit do? You guys ready for a, just a rapid fire of Scripture? All right. 1 Corinthians 2, 11 through 13. It says the Holy Spirit gives us understanding. It'll, it, it shows us and reveals to us what the Word of God, what God's meaning for it is. Again, write that down. Read it later. You won't regret it. Okay, 1 Corinthians six nineteen. He dwells in us. That says that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He is with us every day. He dwells in us. Acts chapter 2, verse 4, speaking in tongues. It's not weird, people. It is not. And I had a, had a talk with a buddy of mine, and, and he, you know, he's from a different denomination, so he's, he's like, well, what does this mean, you know, so forth. And I said, when you don't understand what to pray, you just start speaking in utterances, and the Holy Spirit interprets that to God. They know. You don't have to know. We could do a whole like year-long study on just that. But it, it is a good thing, and I encourage everybody to, to flow in these gifts and, and to, to seek God on them because they're not weird, they're not spooky or nothing like that. God has given to them, given them to us for a purpose and a reason. Okay? Acts chapter 4, verse 31, speaking boldly and courageously the truth in the word of God. I'm going to give you an example. Talking to a buddy of mine a few weeks ago. I'd had this issue with a person. Uh, I was right, of course. And, <laughs> and I'm talking to him, and he, you know, he asked me, he said, hey, how things going? And I told him, I was like, man, you know what he had the audacity to say to me? You show him God's love. It's the right thing to do. <sighs> that did not sit well with my flesh, let me tell you. But he was absolutely right. Absolutely right. And he had the courage to say that to me. Why? We had relationship, and he wasn't scared of me being offended. It was, I speak the truth because that's what we're called to do. Speak the truth in love. In love. And he did that. And I cannot tell you how much I appreciate having a man in my life who was willing to do that. Just because. It's the right thing to do. Um, being spirit-led, we can have we can have an idea, a goal, a ministry, and we can it can be a godly thing, it can be an absolutely godly thing, but it may not be the right time. Acts chapter 16, verse 6. Paul is wanting to go to East Minor Asia to, to plant churches and do what Paul does. Holy Spirit said, no. You're not going. 
from Scripture. I don't see where Paul argued or threw a fit. He was obedient. He was faithful. Got a vision. Went to a different place. It's a good story. Acts chapter 16. Read it. So he listened. He was faithful to God. He may not have understood. It may not have been the direction he was wanting to go, but he listened to the Holy Spirit. Church, we can have ideas. We can have direction. It is the Holy Spirit that leads us. And for us to be recipient of that in a non-bitter way is what the, where the blessing comes from. He knows best. I didn't ask any of you what I was supposed to preach today. As far as I know, nobody out there got to pick the song list. If you did, I got a problem because I asked for years and I got denied. <laughs> a church is to be spirit-led through entrusted leaders. From the, from the person who stands up here to worship, to preach, to the children's ministry, spirit-led. What do you want, Holy Spirit? Where do you want us to go? What do you want us to do? What do you want said today? So he didn't get to go to East, East Asia Minor, Major, wherever he went, or didn't get to go. Acts chapter 19. Guess where he ended up? East Asia Minor, Major, wherever it is. He wanted to go originally. He got there, but it was in the Spirit's timing. He was faithful, he listened, and he eventually got to go where he wanted to go originally. He had a plan. Great, have a plan. It's a little chaotic if you don't have a plan. But when the Holy Spirit changes that plan, listen. There's a reason. God doesn't do anything out of foolishness or just carelessness. He knows what he's doing. So I mentioned this book, Forgotten God. I'm going to share a share a little bit of it. it. says this, no matter where you live, what your days look like, you have the choice each day to depend on yourself, to live safely, and to try and control your own life. Or, or, you can live as you were created to live. A temple of the Holy Spirit of God. As a person dependent on him, desperate for God the Spirit to show up and make a difference. When you begin living a life characterized by walking with the Spirit, that is when people will begin to look not to you, but to our Father in heaven and give him the praise. It's not about us. I don't care how long you've been sitting in... In church, how long you read, read the Bible, how many degrees you have, it's not about us. If you are here and a believer of Jesus Christ, praise God for that. And allowing the Holy Spirit to change you on a daily basis through your decisions, through the events that happen that you may or may not have control over. That's fine. Grow. Grow in Christ. Let the Spirit change you. I got a story. Surprise, surprise. We used to live over in the Quad Cities. And my wife worked at this credit union. 
And she had started there, and I, I can't tell you the time frame of how long it was. But there was this guy that came in there every payday. He would get in there. He had his hat backwards, sunglasses on. Just cash it. Every payday. Now, if you know the setup of a bank or credit union, there's, you know, it's wide. There's many tellers. <laughs> they actually closed lanes when this guy was next because they didn't want to wait on him. He was such a jerk. So this, one, of the, one of my wife's coworkers saw this guy come in. That's the guy right there. I was like, who? That's the jerk right there. Nobody wants to wait on him. She goes, that's my husband. <laughs> this guy right here. It is funny. It is. I was like, seriously? They think of me that way? Yes. I was that guy. I will tell you, I'm a much nicer person now than I was back then. Because I allowed God to move in my heart. I allowed him to change and I listened. Church, we were not designed to stay how we were. We are not. We are to become more Christ-like every single day through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit every single day. Decisions that we make, choices that we make, choices that we shouldn't make. He's there. He's in us and he's talking to us. We have to listen. He knows better than we do. You can't argue with that. God's design for the church was always to be dependent on him. I can't tell you where so I'm going to butcher this, so don't hold me to it accountably. But if I remember correctly, when they were wanting a king back in Israel, God was wanting to be that. But they wanted a man. Okay. He gave it to them. Sometimes it worked out. Sometimes it didn't. God has always wanted to be the one we depend on, the one we look to, the one we seek after and love. Always. That's been it from the get-go. And he's given us everything we need to succeed in that. We just have to have the desires in our hearts to do it. The sinful desires, that long list of garbage that I read earlier, we have to deny that. We cannot walk in those things. We cannot continually live in those things. I assure you, they would not let me come up here and speak if I was the way I was back when my wife worked at the bank. Wouldn't happen. If I got to pick the songs for worship, guess what? It'd be a lot louder than it is. It's preference. Some people like country. I will pray for you. It's, it's, it's all. Everybody likes their own style. And that's fine. But a spirit-led team of leaders in every church is what God desires. Seek the Holy Spirit. You have a choice, an opportunity. When you walk out of here and every day after that God gives you to honor him in this, you have to choose it every single day. What did he say in Acts chapter 2? They were devoted to the doctrine of the apostles, the word of God. Are we? 
Does that, does that Acts chapter, does that describe our church? It's not meant to be a browbeating. It's examine it. Okay? Do we fellowship together? Not just with people we grew up with. Not those who we're just comfortable with. But how about those who sit alone? I challenge you. Next week, come in. See who's sitting alone. Go say hi. Go talk to them. Know their name. Instead of, what's up, man? Or, hey, dude. <laughs> I'm done. Because <laughs> I forget names. Whatever. You get to know them, though. Reach out. It's not just about us. And Satan has done a remarkable job of convincing society that it's about us. The inner, look to the inner, look to the inner. No. You look to the inner, you get the list of garbage. Look to the spirit. Be guided by the spirit. Love people in the spirit and in truth. That's what we're to do. That's what changes lives. That's why so many people were added on a daily basis to the old church is because they did it God's way. All this is great. I love it. I'm honored to be on the worship team. I missed it today. But they did a fantastic job because their hearts were to honor God in it. The preaching. I'm honored to be up here. Hopefully you guys are blessed. Hopefully some the Holy Spirit touches your heart and says, you know what? That was just, that was just awesome. It's not me. I just told you what God wanted me to tell you. It's the way it should be. Every single day of our lives. God, what do you want today? That's why Jesus got up early in the morning instead of at night. I forget stuff when I sleep. Wake up, have no idea what I'm doing. Get up in the morning. Spend time with him. For direction for your day. What am I to do? Sometimes it's common sense. Be nice to that guy. Show him the love of Christ. Don't respond in a way that would push people away. It's not easy to do, but guess what? It's possible. So, I think it's very important that we not just look at Sundays as an opportunity to drop kids off so they can learn about God or come in here for worship, but that we look at it as an opportunity to be challenged and our lives to be changed. Even on a daily basis. Spend time with your Heavenly Father. Okay? Sin is sin. Call it what it is. Nobody benefits if we don't speak the truth in love. It's okay. If they don't talk to you, so what? If they leave the church because they don't like the music or or the preaching, if you're listening to what the Holy Spirit has asked you to, to preach on a Sunday or to sing on a Sunday, that's not your problem. That's theirs. That's between them and God. We have to be obedient and faithful and honor God in these things. And we'll be blessed. It may not be how you, how you think it's going to be. That's okay. He knows best. I'm going to ask our deacons and prayer team to come up. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't want you to miss an opportunity to 